Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to be right back with today's guest, but I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Now, you've heard me say many times, these are all companies that I used as an athletic director. I really want to recommend them strongly to you. Yes, they're sponsors, but they're sponsors because I know they're great products. So stay with us for the next three minutes. Don't hit that fast forward button and uh, listen to our sponsorship shout outs. Then give them a call. Here we go. We want to thank Gipper, which is the official social media graphic solution for the podcast. If you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how you can create world-class content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. Um, Gipper is used and trusted by over 3,000 athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. How simple? Even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to SidelineInteractive.com and you can schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their scoreboards in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's SidelineInteractive.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. The Hometown team is here to make the best solution for you. That's hometownticketing.com. We'd like to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. Go to their website and check out their interactive touch screen that's right touch screen video consoles it's a great way to show off your school record boards for all the sports or your school's hall of fame or simply share your school's most compelling stories and your proudest moments go to vitalsignswalloffame.com mention the podcast they'll give you a nice discount too vitalsignswalloffame.com we want to say thanks to huddle go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game as a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches, all of our coaches, just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Raise. Have you ever spent weeks and weeks with a fundraiser and got little, if any, return? No more. Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com slash E-D-A-D. Um, hands down, the best online fundraiser out there. It works. And they've got a lot of other platforms you want to check out, like Snap Sponsor, Snap Store. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. Snapraise.com. We'd also like to thank Home Campus. Uh, go to homecampus.com to get started. It's the official uh, state association and high school management platform for us. It's also your one stop for things like scheduling, all the things that go into athletic clearance and eligibility, uh, working with parents, coaches, rosters, you name it, Home Campus does it. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. And we'd like to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents, your student athletes, even your coaches, you're really missing out. Athletic directors already hear from the complainers, the people who want to gripe about everything. 
Athletic Surveys is going to connect you with that group, but they're also going to connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. It's one of our back-to-college episodes. Uh, our guest today, we're going to be visiting with Dr. Zachary Damon. He is the assistant professor of sports management in the uh, Texas Tech program. Got a tremendous background in athletics, you know, as a coach, as an instructor, uh, he's involved in marketing and sales. We're going to hear all about that. But Dr. Zach Damon, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here and uh, hopefully share some wisdom, uh, whether that's what to do or most likely what not to do that I experienced uh, that hopefully uh, got me here. Oh, no, absolutely. Well, we, we talk about, you know, that's how you learn. You know, it's it's not so much from the victories. It's from, uh, you know, those mistakes that we all go through. Um, well, let's go and get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio. Where where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Maybe take us up through your own um, high school and, and college days, and then we'll take our first break. Uh, but as I like to say, what's the Zach Damon origin story? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I grew up in uh, Buffalo, New York, actually. And, you know, up there, uh, there's about three good months to play baseball uh, out of the year. So those were my months to shine. Grew up playing baseball. Uh, had some uh, hits on the radar a little bit. Got invited to uh, try out, open trial with the Atlanta Braves at, at one point. So uh, as a junior or senior, whenever it was, you know, that... Uh, Kind of got to my head a little bit, but I quickly realized uh, through an injury actually during the tryout just how difficult it is to make that jump. Uh, but still really wanted to pursue my passion of playing baseball at as high as I could go, which at the time I didn't realize that was, you know, as high as, as I was going to go. Uh, but from graduating high school around Buffalo, I actually moved to Georgia to attend Georgia Southern University to pursue my college degree. Uh, in hopes of walking on the baseball team there, uh, tried to do that, quickly realized there's a big difference going up against guys who could play practically year-round in Georgia and Florida and those surrounding states versus uh, little old me who could play a couple months out of the year. So uh, from there, you know, I kind of tried to see what I was going to do for the rest of my career. Uh, as many people who enter the sport management major uh, probably wanted to do at some point is become a general manager of a team and win a championship. And then I quickly realized through some mentors and professors of mine that that was probably going to be a slim chance as well. So, you know, from there, I took to try to gain as much experience as I could, coaching, sales, et cetera. And then uh, luckily I had a couple of professors that steered me on the path to going to graduate school and pursuing a PhD eventually in sport management at Texas A&M. You know, we're going to hear about uh, those adventures, but I want to go back to your high school days growing up. Uh, I grew up in Oregon and, you know, I, I've, I've been in Florida here for a long time. So we had our our four seasons. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I know what you mean about, you know, those winters, uh, winters in um, in New York. What um, 
what was the rest of your high school experience like? Uh, were, I mean, did you do any other sports? Uh, you know, was it ju- you were just you know holding on to that bat in your garage and waiting for uh, the snow to melt? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I also played volleyball, um, and then I would train. So volleyball was a fall sport. I would train all winter for baseball, uh, a couple of friends of mine. And actually I had this weird thing. I always tried to go against the toughest guy or the one who was lifting more than me. Uh, and luckily a guy who was a year or two ahead of me took me under his wing. So he, uh, worked out with me. We had workout program, all that kind of stuff. He was going for like throwing and hitting lessons. And so he would kind of pass that on to me. Uh, so that was kind of my winter there, just really dedicated. And, and yeah, actually, uh, there's a tree in the front yard of my uh, the house I grew up in where I had a hitting drill, um, just one of those little mini golf ball sized wiffle balls hanging from a string. And then I would get like one of those almost like a wrapping paper tube, uh, but a little skinnier and just work on my hand eye coordination. Anytime I could clear enough snow right around the tree so that I could do that and get my swings in. Uh, so yeah, that, that was me. I was, I was definitely a baseball fanatic, uh, played some pond hockey too, um, growing up there, uh, but nothing that was overly competitive there, but yeah, that was, that was kind of the crux of my high school trying to do that. Uh, volleyball was, was fun. I always thought that was a great kind of cross training one to kind of keep me, uh, a little bit in shape and a little bit more, um, mobile and, and work on mobility and that too. So I, I, I think that was a good, uh, one, two punch to prep for baseball for sure. Oh no! Uh, boys volleyball has really taken off here in Florida. They added it as a as a state sanctioned sport a few years ago. Uh, I was going to ask about hockey, but uh, you, you answered that question. We didn't do that, and uh, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I played uh, you know some NAI football a- after high school, but uh, I like to joke that uh, injuries and a lack of talent uh, kept me out of the NFL. So uh, <laughs> I feel your pain. Um, Talk a little bit about that college journey. Um, you know, I remember as an undergrad, uh, and back then there were no sport management master programs. I'm dating myself, obviously, with my age. Uh, but I had some really cool coaches in high school that were mentors that I looked up to. And then in college, uh, I was thinking, you know, hey, we can actually get paid to do this. So, you know, um, you know, where did it really kind of gel for you? I know you talked about, you know, general manager and all that, but, you know, when did you start to think, hey, this could really happen for me? Yeah, uh, kind of similar. I, I was really fortunate. I think a coach of mine and actually I think my physics teacher in high school, uh, they were, when I was thinking it, I, yeah, I was like, what am I going to major in? Uh, there's a bunch of subjects I'm good at or I like, but you know, what's that one thing that could get me up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night like baseball could? And finally, I think they both said, like, well, there's this, you can just major in sport management and, and do all those things. Uh, so that was like a light bulb moment for me. Uh, I remember sitting in the library, I think, during my English class. Uh, that was like an English and college development kind of class at the time uh, to try to prep us for college. And I remember sitting in the library just diving into I guess Google's kind of there back then. I think Yahoo is still kind of the primary one. So date myself a little bit there too. Uh, but just, yeah, diving through the search engine and seeing what sport management was, what you could do with it. Uh, and so that was where that seed really was planted. And then, yeah, it really got cultivated and grow 
uh, grew with uh, that mentorship from a couple of professors of mine at Georgia Southern, uh, my undergrad, and then just from there, it was just one of those where it just snowballed. Uh, like I said, you know, did a whole bunch of experience. We had a great student club there. Uh, so got to volunteer and check out a bunch of events and work them. So I, I got a little bit of what I didn't like to do. Uh, I realized I uh, wasn't going to be or didn't want to be in a cubicle uh, nine to five all the time. Uh, but I also wasn't always keen to be like working like soccer tournaments and things where you're up at, you know, 5 a.m. And then you're you know getting down at 11 p.m. and out on the fields and stuff. So I, I wanted to be a little bit more of the decision making. Um, or at least kind of ask those questions. And thankfully, uh, those professors are like, hey, if you really want to ever answer those questions uh, that you keep asking in class or keep asking in office hours, uh, you can do this crazy thing where you stay in school forever and pursue a master's degree and then pursue a PhD in this and, and get all those tools that you need. So uh, for some reason, uh, a younger version of me was really impressionable uh, with that. And uh, so that that really struck me, that curiosity kind of thing. And uh, just being able to to keep pursuing that, you know, lifelong learning is another mentor of mine kind of dubs it. So was uh, off to the races after that. No, again, I'd love to hear the stories. And you know, you mentioned tools, you know, obviously, you know, uh, our toolbox books, you know, we try to help uh, serve that purpose for young and for older ADs. Now, you mentioned Georgia Southern. A uh, name just popped into my head. Uh, I think I'm right. Uh, Hal Wilson, Dr. Hal Wilson. Uh, was he there um, during your time? Um, I, not during my time, um, but I know him, I think through circles, you know, through conferences and that. Um, so yeah, I, th I think I had went over to eight Texas A&M before he got there. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember the exact dates. I know he's been there for a while and he's been on the podcast, just like you. Let's go and take our first break for our listeners. We're visiting today with Dr. Zach Damon. He's the program director at Texas Tech's university sport management program. We're going to hear more about that and some more, but uh, let's take that break. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the exclusive social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how you can create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your teams, promote your athletes. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. How simple? Well, it's so simple, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Check out all the things that they can do for you and your program. Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and you can schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their score boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. Of course, we used it for home games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. The products are tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Once again, see all the things that they can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. Zach, uh, you shared uh, a little bit of your journey, and you've had a lot of stops, as I mentioned at the top, uh, for our listeners. Zach has a tremendous athletic background in a number of different areas. Take us on that journey. You know, um, you know, how did you end up 
uh, at the Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as I mentioned before, I uh, went from Georgia Southern University to Texas A&M for my PhD. Uh, from Texas A&M, I actually got an assistant professor position at University of Central Arkansas. And uh, that was a, a great opportunity because I was hired on there to create the sport management program at University of Central Arkansas or UCA. So uh, I had a whiteboard is completely blank. Uh, the only direction I have from the department chair and the dean at the time was that we want this master's degree to be online, completely unlocked. Uh, which, given the state, you know, back in uh, that was 2016 when I joined uh, the faculty there, um, and I was the only sport management faculty, uh, so that was a uh, fun experience. It was one where I always joked around that my sport management faculty meetings were always the most efficiently run because it was usually just me in a coffee shop writing down notes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a great opportunity to create something brand new. Um, and hopefully, you know, going from 2016 to where it is now, and, and obviously at this point in the hands of another faculty member, uh, just to have an impact on students and impact, uh, you know, on the state, but overall worldwide, we had a couple of international students, uh, at least during my time there, which is really cool. Uh, so from UCA, which is uh, just outside of Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, was trying to think of, you know, next steps and, and kind of career growth and, and direction and that. And uh, thankfully, there was an opportunity here at Texas Tech that had opened up. And yeah, I enjoyed my time in Texas the first time around down in College Station. And it was one where uh, having a couple of colleagues and friends here who spoke really highly of Lubbock and highly of the university, uh, I kind of threw my name in the hat and just figured I'd, I'd see what shook out. And luckily enough, uh, I was fortunate to get the offer and, and been here for about a year and a half now. Um, and it's nice to kind of have a full team. It's nice having, you know, the, the support of a full university and that behind you as well. You know, experience that at UCA, uh, just, you know, it's, it's a smaller school there, whereas Texas Tech obviously is a little bit bigger. And so having that opportunity, as well as, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes as uh, a prominent alumni never hurts either. So it's been a great opportunity uh, being here, getting settled in Lubbock and just being part of the community. Everybody's been extremely welcoming and for it being a bigger university you know the, the stakes are higher you know expectations for quality of teaching quality of research but it's very much a community-based university too so in, in those ways it really reminds me of Georgia Southern uh, it's a big university but it doesn't feel overwhelmingly big like some of those big flagship ones do um, and then obviously in our sport management program uh, there's you know several of us faculty-wise uh, so the sport management faculty meetings are no longer just me. Uh, so we, we've got a pretty good team. So that's, that's uh, made it a lot easier to kind of lighten the burden of, hey, you know, direction and, and figuring things out because everybody's able to bring their experience perspective. Um, and it's a full team effort, which is really nice. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about the Texas Tech program, but I want to go back to um, UCA starting a program from scratch, you know, that's got to be exciting. And at the same time, you know, maybe a little bit terrifying. Um, what were some of the things that you were looking to do? And again, you came out of the Georgia Southern program, which is, I think, recognizes, you know, one of the best. Uh, what were some things that you wanted to do like Georgia Southern? And maybe what were some things that you thought you would do differently, maybe take a different approach? Yeah, I think, uh, definitely the student focus uh, is definitely something I carried over from my experience as a student at Georgia Southern to what I tried to do at UCA. 
the you know, especially with it being a master's degree and taking that practical approach, which is something I think Georgia Southern did a really good job at, is was the focus throughout each course, but throughout the whole program as it built. Uh, so that that was a cohort model. And I think that was something too that I think it was beneficial, especially in an online environment. You know, this is pre-COVID. So before I like to say, you know, we were teaching online before it was cool or necessary. Uh, and that was something that I think helped as students matriculated through the program that, you know, if you're going to take governance and leadership, uh, here are the things that you need in practice. And then same thing with finance or marketing. You know, it's we'd we cover some theory, uh, but very few students went into our program at UCA thinking, oh, I'm going to do a PhD and get into research and all that. A lot of them were wanting to become athletic directors at the high school or the college level or get into uh, director positions for Parks and Rec or things like that, where I think that practical skill focus really shined through. And I think that that was a strength there. And that was something that I caught a glimpse of uh, at Georgia Southern uh, and, and at A&M too. You know, that was one um, even though I was only there for the PhD, we interacted a little bit with the, the master's program and students and that. And I think several of them uh, were, were going in that kind of practitioner direction, too. So I think that was a, a good background. And yeah, it was a little bit daunting to create that program uh, from scratch, for sure. A lot of long nights and, and a couple of all nighters. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, having that product in the end, uh, a program that hopefully benefited everybody uh, was was definitely worth it. You know, I'm going to put you on the spot. We try to avoid ambush journalism here, but uh, <laughs> uh, since you got the program up and running, uh, and it's not, you know, the only metric is, is numbers are not the only metric, but how have you seen the numbers uh, grow since starting a brand new program at, yeah, at, at UCA? Yeah. Yeah, during my time at UCA, we went from, I think it was six or eight students, the first cohort. Uh, and that was partially, we had a really quick turnaround. I think the program got approved in maybe April or May to launch in August. So we only had a couple of months to even market the program. Uh, so that left me with only a couple of months to even review applications, accept them, do all that. Uh, but that was a, a, in my mind, you know, that was a, a positive. You know, we were shooting for at least five uh, so that we can make quote unquote, make a course. Uh, so the fact that we went above that, I think was really encouraging, uh, but it just snowballed from there. Um, so we would end up having, uh, we, we would have a cap of 25 students in each cohort just to, for quality control for teaching. So that the course was never going to be, you know, 300 students or something uh, where, the, where the quality was going to be watered down. Um, but I think at that point, at least when I left, I think between year one cohort and year two cohort, we were knocking on the door of 50. I want to say we were at 40 or 45 students. So we were pretty close to that cap within just a few years, uh, which I think is uh, definitely a, a proud moment. But also it's one that I think uh, shows through the, the growth potential there, um, you know, throughout online learning. And again, you know, the other thing that was really cool to me, I mean, we didn't, it wasn't just people around Arkansas. It was, uh, I had a high school coach. I think he was out in Nevada. Um, I had several students from Texas. I had a couple from the West Coast. Um, I had one or two students, I believe, from India or around the Middle East area. And I had a student from England. Uh, so, you know, for Conway, Arkansas and UCA, who 
uh, probably the most famous person to come out of there is Scotty Pippen, uh, to have this kind of worldwide presence of this new program uh, is definitely something really cool to reflect back on for sure. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, those are tremendous numbers. I think any program would uh, would want to see that type of growth. Very cool. And you're right, the cohort experience, the the content that's provided is just kind of the impetus. It's, the, you know, the relationship and the discussions that blossom out of, you know, your cohort connections, uh, having gone through one of those with uh, the NIAAA uh, for our uh, profession. Just Just tremendous. Great stuff. Let's go and take another break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into your current program at Texas Tech. Uh, once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Dr. Zachary Damon, and he's the program director for the sport management program at Texas Tech University in Lubbock. Let's go and take that break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. But what they can offer you and your program is the convenience of cashless and paperless ticket sales, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. But the best part is that every school gets assigned a dedicated client success manager it's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. Whether it's more support, more security, or more customization, the hometown team is going to help you make the best online ticketing solution. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or maybe your school's Hall of Fame, go to Vital Signs Wall of Fame and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's also a great way to share your school's history and your most compelling stories. The website is vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Dr. Zachary Damon. He's the co-director of the Sport Management Program at Texas Tech University in Lubbock. Um, Dr. Damon, um, there's a lot of programs out there now that work in sports management, athletic administration, et cetera. What are some things about the Texas Tech program that attracted you and that you think set them apart possibly from some of the other programs? Yeah, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. There are a lot of programs which I think is encouraging for the field as a whole. So uh, that's something you know, I don't wanna uh, be up on a high horse or, or anything like that, but certainly there's some points of pride uh, within our program here at Texas Tech that both attracted me to the opportunity in the first place. And then I think it, it really shown through in my time here so far. Uh, so one, I think, you know, our field is is ripe for expansion as, as we've seen, uh, you know, throughout the academic side of herd, even at the high school level uh, around the country, at least in the U.S., there's more emphasis on sport management, which uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, that that was something I didn't even know when I was in high school. So I think to see that growth is a uh, makes sense why I've got a couple of gray hairs coming in uh, to age myself. Uh, but then also be it just shows uh, more and more people are interested in it and are aware of it, which is awesome. 
uh, here at Tech, I think one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is even though we're a large school and we're technically a research one university, uh, we've got a great focus on the students and quality of teaching and quality of the program. Uh, by that, I mean, uh, obviously, the teaching in the curriculum is a huge portion of that, but it's also one where I think everybody in our department has some kind of experience or connection to different areas of sport, which is really cool. Uh, it's not like we are all, all under the same umbrella. We all have our own research lines, our own interests, but we all have different backgrounds. And I think that has allowed us as a team to come together and really offer a well-vetted network for our students to use and get a foothold of. Uh, I think that's something that has, was really appealing to me uh, coming in is that uh, there was room to bring my network and bring my perspectives in there uh, and that there's a seat at the table. It wasn't just, hey, we just need to fill an office at the end of the hallway kind of deal to say, hey, we, we want somebody who, who brings these values and these things. Uh, but it's also one where there's so much room for growth. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago, you know, the field itself as sport management is, is ripe for growth. Uh, but I think our program is too. We're on just a huge upward trajectory. Uh, strategic growth, though, uh, which I really like, is you know we're, we're really trying to get a foothold of industry connections. Uh, this past year, a colleague of mine, uh, Dr. Katie Brown, uh, we went to grad school together and now we're working together here. Uh, we took a group of grad students on an industry tour around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that really was an eye-opener, I think, not just for us as faculty, but for the students, because so many of the stops that we went to, and that was uh, sport commissions, that was the Dallas Cowboys, that was uh, eSports, uh, there was, you know, plethora, you know, Dallas Stars, et cetera, uh, the Arlington Renegades, the, the XFL team. Um, there were so many Texas Tech alumni in leadership positions at those organizations. That was really encouraging. And it was almost like a diamond in the rough as far as like, you know, realizing as, as we were sending out the emails, trying to connect with people and say, hey, we're trying to put this together. Uh, you know, and, and Katie was really leading the, the front on that one. Uh, we started to realize that even though, you know, those alumni didn't come from our sport management program necessarily, but just the fact that they came from tech and came through Lubbock, uh, they're so willing to give it back and so willing to give their time, experience, uh, expertise, and everything to the students. Uh, I think that's something that has just really been an eye-opener, and that's something that, you know, the students who went on that trip, uh, you know, word of mouth is is really a great marketing tool, as you know, and that's really helped spread to all of the other students in our program from the master's level uh, all the way to the undergraduate level. And, hey, you know, hang on, hang into this program, stay here, and just see what other opportunities they're going to come up with, whether it's, you know, redoing that industry tour or, you know, we were able to bring in I guess speakers on campus uh, that, you know, something you know, we're, we're a little secluded in Lubbock. So being able to bring those folks here on campus uh, is a huge advantage. And I think that's something that uh, as far as a feather in the cap that we offer is definitely that focus there. Yeah, again, it, it's very cool. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm retired. Uh, I spent 41 years as a teacher, coach, uh, athletic director. Uh, that's probably less common now, you know, people are, you know, let's say changing careers or maybe just changing, uh, uh, branches a little bit. You mentioned earlier that some of your students, uh, they are, um, 
their goals to become a high school athletic director. You know, others um, are looking at at other branches of, let's say, sport administration, athletic administration. So acknowledging that that is a great path for anybody that wants to go there. Let's go and take that laser focus. What are some things in the Texas Tech program, or maybe even going back to UCLA? Nah, let's let's talk about Texas Tech. That for that individual that has that goal of maybe being a high school coach and a high school athletic director, you know, how does your program, how does your faculty meet their needs? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, we we've got several course offerings uh, that are geared towards it. Uh, intercollegiate athletics, issues in intercollegiate athletics, uh, sport administration. Um, so those right there give the content and context uh, foundation, I think. Uh, beyond that, you know, I'm going to plug my uh, undergraduate uh, leadership course uh, that I think, you know, obviously you're getting into leadership positions in these departments. Uh, so being able to recognize good leadership, what that means, and hopefully learn and cultivate their own leadership style. So eventually when they are the AD, uh, they know what kind of leader they they are at that point, but want to continue to be too. Uh, but I think all of those are really a, a good mix. And then the fundamental aspects, uh, as, as you probably know, you know, being able to be well-versed in finance, in marketing and in sales, because you're going to be talking to people, even if you're an athletic director who maybe is really great at uh, finding alumni or finding donors and talking with them, at some point you're still gonna have to check the balance sheet or you're still gonna have to talk to other people. So all those kinds of things, I think we really do a, a good job and pride ourselves on trying to prepare them uh, for those that wanna get into that role. Uh, second uh, aspect too, uh, our growing relationship with the athletic department here at Texas Tech is something, you know, there's some bridges there and they continue to be built uh, semester over semester. Uh, and that's just from what I've been able to view here in, in a year and a half. Uh, so there's been a good foundation and good momentum there for some time. And I think that's something that's come along really nicely. Uh, actually, I think two weeks ago or whenever the semester ended, uh, before the holiday break, a uh, student emailed me saying, hey, I finally got an internship in the athletic department. So those doors are, are really starting to open and being welcomed on the other side, uh, you know, from the athletic department. So gaining that experience and then us just trying to uh, point students in the direction, you know, you, you're nobody's getting hired just because of the piece of paper you get when you walk across the stage. Uh, you know, the, the diploma is great. Uh, and, and the GPA is going to be great. And everybody's highlight reel looks really awesome. Uh, but what kind of experience do you have and network do you have? And that's what we're trying to encourage. I think a lot of them, you know, you see the wheels turning in class or outside of class. And we start to see that. And I think there's a lot of progress being made there that, oh, yeah, even if I, you know, we're required an internship. But what if I get an internship here in the athletic department and I want to be a high school athletic director? Is that still going to help me? Yeah, I've gotten that question a couple of times. It's like, absolutely. It's like, if, if you're thinking about what you're going to learn at a big division one school and granted there's, there's some high schools here in Texas that are division would be considered division one colleges in other States, obviously. Uh, but yeah, you, you're talking, you know, huge apples to apples at least. Mm -hmm. So that experience is, is paramount. So I think that's a, a point of pride in our department as well. Uh, something that we're really trying to encourage the students that are getting into that career path of athletic director or in an athletic department for sure. 
No, absolutely. You know, the, the undergraduate degree, you know, the, taking that master's program uh, in field, getting those internships, tremendously valuable. But I will tell undergrad students and even, you know, ADs that come to, you know, programs where I'm presenting, um, the single most important thing you can do, because those are givens, you're going to do that. The single most important thing you do is build your network right out of the chute. You know, you, you get, if you get hired as the new AD uh, at this school, you got to find the closest school call that athletic director, introduce yourself, better yet, go visiting uh, or her. Uh, but yeah, build that network. So glad to hear you're doing that. Let's talk about that network. Uh, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but uh, if somebody was interested in adding you to their network or uh, finding out more about the Texas Tech program, how do they do that? Yeah, I, I would recommend if, if you want to reach out to me, uh, certainly search me on LinkedIn. Um, that would probably be a, a great way to go about it. Uh, just Zach Damon on LinkedIn. Um, I should pop up. It might, might take a little bit. Uh, so maybe type in Texas Tech University or sport management. Um, but I'm reworking LinkedIn a little bit uh, here in the new year. And then as far as our program goes, uh, whether it's through myself or if it's a question that I can't answer, uh, certainly pass you off to uh, some of the faculty have been here a little bit longer than I have. But even just searching for Texas Tech University Sport Management, that'll bring you to our homepage. Um, we're part of the kinesiology and sport management department as a whole. So you'll be able to find us and kinesiology. Uh, we're all under the same roof, uh, which is really great and convenient too. So definitely, uh, I think it's ttu.edu with a slash in there for sport management. Now, uh, again, we'll do that at again at the end of the podcast. You mentioned LinkedIn. You recently created a, a new group on LinkedIn. That that's how you and I connected. So, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, that's something that's been a pie in the sky kind of hot project of mine for for a little while now, um, and I, I'm really excited to launch that. And that's something that I think the Sport Leadership Group uh, is the name of it. And it's it's going to be similar. I've, I've got a colleague uh, and some other friends who launched something similar a few years ago with the Sport Ecology Group. And I was really fascinated with that idea of bringing together people within a specific area of expertise in our field. Um, so trying to use that as a foundation, but also really just open up the growth opportunity of sport leadership worldwide. And that group... Uh, not just us on the academic side, but such as yourself, you know, practitioners, those who have, have lived it or are living it day to day. Uh, we want those voices, we want those bridges built. And I really think my vision for that group is to basically be a end-all, be-all resource or consortium of sport leadership expertise and conversations and resources back and forth. So if uh, somebody's like, hey, I, I need an expert in uh, follower development or, or whatever the case is, or, you know, servant leadership who, you know, go to that group. Uh, right now it is LinkedIn. Uh, eventually I'm, I'm it's on my to-do list for the new year is, is look into a website potentially uh, separate from LinkedIn as well and be able to, oh yeah, these are the people that are expertise in it uh, on the practitioner side, on the academic side. Can I reach out to them with some questions or if I need consulting, uh, can I bring somebody in or just to have a conversation? I think that's something that would be really cool is just, you know, somebody in Asia has uh, a question, you know, 
uh, we just saw in, in Major League Baseball some of the uh, players coming over from Japan that got posted, and uh, somebody over there, you know, is running a sport organization. Maybe they they have a leadership question or resource that they want to share or engage in. Uh, that group would be one to connect people worldwide of all things sport leadership. And that's the sport leadership group on LinkedIn, correct? Yeah, right. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take another break, uh, but we are going to come back with some more. One more time. Our guest is Dr. Zach Damon. He's the co-director of the sport management program at Texas Tech University. So uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, um, you know, digital forms and signatures, working with parents, tracking your coaches. Uh, it's something that I used every single day as an athletic director, and you're going to love it too. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank our good friends at Snap Raise. Have you ever spent weeks and weeks with a fundraiser and ended up with little if no return? Stop right here. Go to snapraise.com. Hands down, the best online fundraising platform out there. We used it at our school with tremendous success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. Uh, our CFO loved it. And you're going to love it too. Uh, go to snapraise.com. You can also check out their other platforms like Snap Sponsor, Snap Store, FanX, and a whole lot more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches, all the coaches, just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to Huddle.com and join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Zach, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. You've had a tremendous career, uh, a lot of different uh, settings in athletics. Um, what are some best practices that you have seen um, at institutions or maybe things that you try to do in your own program at Texas Tech. Can you share some with our listeners? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think some of it, uh, again, coming from a leadership uh, perspective and lens here a little bit, uh, is to first recognize that leadership is a journey. It's not a destination. So, you know, we talked a little while ago about the students who want to get into being an athletic director or an athletic department. And I would definitely encourage them that once you get that title, that doesn't mean we stop. Uh, there's always something to learn. There's always something new about leadership or our own leadership style that we can develop and enhance. Um, and that sometimes we, we've got to change a little bit of what we did. You know, what got us in the door in that position may not be what makes us successful in that other leadership position. Uh, example that comes to mind, and I'll 
throw myself under the bus here uh, to, to drive it home uh, is when I became a sales manager, you know, I got that opportunity because I was, uh, you know, really well versed as a sales rep, uh, you know, high commission rates, et cetera, meeting deadlines, all that kind of stuff, uh, customer renewal, uh, new clients, all, all, all the stuff that you want in a sales rep. Well, for the first probably almost a year as a sales manager, I was doing those same things. The only difference I could really say is that, you know, I was leading the meetings, which is really cool because I'm a little OCD. So I took pride in leading meetings uh, with a purpose and uh, ones that, you know, if we were done in 30 minutes, but we had blocked off 60 minutes. You know, I wasn't going to keep rambling on for 30 minutes just because, you know, that's what we scheduled. It was one of those where uh, I, I enjoyed that, but I, I quickly realized as we went towards the end of the year uh, that our quotas, we, we were going to fall short. And I was looking around, I was like, well, why is that? Like, my numbers are great. And then I looked at the teams and it was, some people were, were pretty good, but some were struggling. I was like, all right, I, I got to change. I've got to be a leader. And, and what made me successful, how can I teach and pass that on to the rest of the team? Um, and so that was something that was really a light bulb moment for me as far as our leadership's not just getting that title, it's passing on what you know to the next generation or to a team uh, and, and to others, really. Um, and then sure enough, the next year, I mean, we broke records as a team in sales. So imagine that just uh, putting the ego aside a little bit in the competitive side. Uh, so I, I would encourage those uh, in those positions once you get them to make sure that, hey, what what do my followers need? What does the team need? Uh, the stakeholders, whoever it is that you're responsible to, and you're, you're going to have to adapt a little bit. It's kind of like uh, being a little bit like putty or Play-Doh. You're going to have to mold yourself and remold yourself time and time again. And that's okay. Uh, that's that's what's needed. Um, you know, we see that in coaching all the time. Very few coaches like, uh, talk about a tech alum uh, coach here, Bob Knight, his coaching style nowadays probably wouldn't fly. Uh, and that leadership style, you know, that very transactional leadership style, you know, there's, there's moments in time for it. Uh, but that's, that's something that we see there's been a shift. Uh, we want somebody who's more of a servant leader, somebody who's more of a coach kind of leader for the most part. And so that's something where uh, certainly we, we've got to be able to adapt to what the needs and the trends are too. Uh, another tool I think would be communication. And I think that's something that is hands down going to be pertinent 100 years from now, 200 years from, you know, just completely in the future, whatever that's going to look like. Uh, leaders spend upwards of 70 to 90% of their time communicating, verbal, written, nonverbal. So if you're an athletic director and, you know, let's say you've got an infraction on your hands and you've got to suspend a coach or have a hard talk with a coach, whatever the case is, that's how you communicate that can can go a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, but there's a good way, you know, if it's a good coach and it's a one-off kind of thing, then hopefully you communicate in a one area that shows some care and is able to kind of work with the coach and, and bring them along. Um, but then my situation might dictate that you kind of have to put your foot down a little bit too. So being able to communicate appropriately based on the context and based on the situation is important. Um, another toolbox, I think, would just be able to be open to finding those whose strengths are your weaknesses. And I think uh, so that this kind of gets into some of the authentic leadership uh, 
realm a little bit where in the shared leadership too where if if i'm a leader or, or jake if you're a leader and uh, you're really good at being able to communicate with people and get donors and get boosters um, but maybe a weakness might be in on the operations side um, and, and obviously i'm completely making this up but then an associate athletic director who's really strong in the operations side would be a great compliment. Um, same thing. I recognized, you know, when I was uh, a coach, you know, I, I, I'm introverted by nature. So if I needed to get somebody's attention, having an assistant coach who's got a little bit more charisma or a little bit more of that outgoingness uh, can really be a good compliment. Uh, so being able to form a team, your leadership team around you, uh, in a well-rounded way, uh, really is a great way to put forth the best team possible, best leadership team possible. You know, athletic director and athletic department, uh, that, that's really what it's all about, is being able to have somebody who's great in compliance, uh, somebody who's great, you know, now NIL is a huge thing, obviously, and, and there's been several, uh, you know, the podcast and, and just in general media that have hit home on NIL and how that's changed the landscape for college and high school. Uh, so if anybody's got a legal expertise in that area, that's going to be huge to add to your team. Uh, so just being able to seek out others. And also uh, the last one I'll say is it's okay to say that you don't know and that you'll find the answer. Uh, that looks a lot better than trying to spin an answer or pull it out of thin air and people can see right through that. Or even if they don't right away, but that answer's wrong, they go and do that, then they're like, well, this person doesn't know what they're talking about at all. I can't go to them the next time that I need an answer. So, uh, again, that kind of goes back to checking the ego a little bit uh, and making sure, even if it takes a little bit of time, to find the right answer rather than find the fastest answer. Boy, those, those were all great, great suggestions. You know, your la last one about saying, you know, well, geez, I don't know, uh, but, hey, I'll find out. That just, it, it's so easy to do, and it builds so much credibility you know, when you do go back, you know, and say, hey, I, I, I did some research and this was the answer you're looking for. Great stuff. Um, this has just been really cool hanging out with you, hearing about your story and about the, the Texas Tech program. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap things up with the athletic director's toolbox. And have I've established and you certainly hit a home run with it. You've got a tremendous background in athletics, but we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in the toolbox. So uh, we heard your best practices. Now we're going to find out your tools. So everybody, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the toolbox segment of our podcast. At my schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for kids, for coaches, for parents. And the information that came back was almost always over-the-top positive. But there were always uh, a couple of squeaky wheels that wanted to vent. But that venting allowed us to hear about a concern and address maybe a small problem and keep it from turning into a big problem because we hadn't done a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents, your student athletes, even your coaches. And that information is tremendously valuable, especially when you're sitting with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. 
go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them create that survey for you. It's going to help you take your athletic program from good to great. Athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting today with Dr. Zachary Damon. He is the co-director for the Texas Tech University Sport Management Program. Tremendous background in athletics, but now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So, Dr. Damon, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Yeah. So the, the first one I would strongly recommend is to read and take the assessment of the Strengths Finders Leadership Book. Um, it's published by Gallup. Uh, book is, is pretty cheap, 15 or 20 bucks on Amazon or, or somewhere. And there's a code in there to take an assessment to learn about your strengths. And I think that would be the first tool in the toolbox as an athletic director to know what your strengths are. And then be able to find the areas as an AD that match your strength and really make sure uh, that you're hitting those out of the park. Uh, that's how make a first good impression. That's how you get some of that uh, power leadership dynamic that people are, all right, this person knows what they're talking about. They're good in these things. Uh, that's somebody that we can follow. And that spreads from within the organization to also, you talked about parents and coaches, uh, potential donors, boosters, or just other athletic directors as well, for sure. Uh, the second uh, tool I would recommend is uh, some form of note-taking or you know, nowadays everything's digital, uh, just have some kind of record. Uh, even those of us with, with great memories, at some point you're just going to talk to so many people in an athletic director position that they're going to kind of blur together, especially you know in a time of crisis. Uh, there might be three or four different conversations within an afternoon, and you got to kind of keep track of who said what or who needs what. Uh, our, our PR person needs a statement by this date, uh, but then you know maybe it's uh, associate athletic director and compliance needs some kind of statement as well or follow up, uh, just to keep keep yourself on track. I think that's something that is hugely important especially during busy seasons. Uh, I've talked to numerous athletic person, you, you probably know, haven't lived it, that you know, sometimes you know, there's a quote-unquote down season. It's, it's really never slow, uh, but there's certainly busier seasons where you're going to a sporting event on a Thursday night, but then Friday morning, maybe there's some kind of board meeting or you've got to meet with a superintendent or you've got to meet with coaches or parents about something coming up or an issue or you're taking and hosting visits uh, from coaches from a college that want to check out your program and check out and scout and all those things. So some kind of record keeping to kind of keep you on track. Um, and what that does, I think that tool really helps as a launching pad for follow-up conversations. And earlier we talked about building a network. I still have to build a network as an athletic director. And having those notes as a follow-up point in conversation in email or the next time you meet with somebody just adds a little bit of personality to it and a personable approach so that that person, oh yeah, you know, uh, they're not just an athletic director who uh, is talking to everybody and, you know, it's in one ear out the other once, once it's gone. Uh, just those little things can make a huge difference. Uh, I used to talk about that in training my sales reps. Uh, regardless of what the person says, the client says, whether it's a yes or a no, uh, learn something about them. 
And then the next time you talk to them, you've got that as a follow. Hey, how are the kids? How's your dog? How was that trip to Florida? Uh, same thing as an athletic director. Uh, that's just going to be huge. It's going to show that you're personable. Uh, so, you know, that kind of ties into communication a little bit. But for me, I think that tool of having some kind of notebook or record of those things is just immensely important. I think it differentiates a good athletic director from a great one and certainly one uh, if people aren't going to go to bat for you, uh, whether that's a promotion or a cause that you're really passionate about or raising funds for something, they're going to side with somebody who has that personal touch to it. So I, I think that's a valuable tool. Uh, the third one I would think is uh, kind of piggybacks a little bit of the communication, uh, but it's one where communication nowadays has changed so much with technology. So being able to write effectively, uh, whether that's emails and you know, nobody's going to read a, as a professor, you know, because uh, earlier in my career, I would send it out. I'd send out emails to students or a class and, you know, they're eight paragraphs long. Nobody's going to read those. So how can you communicate with your team uh, in a easy to way, easy to digest fashion form? Um, uh, to me, I think written communication is easy and it's one that's never going to go out of style. So it's another tool uh, whether it's email, text message, whatever the case is, just be able to communicate your key points. Maybe it's bullet points. Uh, just learn how your team receives information most effectively and adapt how you communicate to match that as best as possible. And if I can put the, the fourth one in there, uh, certainly if you have other questions or tools uh, that you want to add, uh, yeah, I'd definitely offer the support leadership group resource. That's what we're here for. But I think those would be my main three. Uh, to hopefully help get a foundation and, and hit the ground running for a new athletic director. I, I love them all. And and I'm really glad you mentioned the writing effectively. Um, it, it, it is surprising to me how many times, you know, I'll, I'll get, see an e I'll get an email or I'll, I'll even see a post on LinkedIn where, I mean, the, the spelling, the grammar, it's just like, you're trying to get people to take you seriously. Uh, and it's, it's something that, you know, I try to emphasize, you know, with my coaches and my student athletes, et cetera. So thank you as somebody who still has skin in the game, uh, for mentioning that. And thanks, uh, again, for encouraging our listeners to get in touch listeners. I think you got a tremendous resource here. Uh, one more time, Zach, um, how do they best get a hold of you? How do they find out more about the Texas tech program? Yeah, for Texas Tech, uh, it's ttu.edu uh, sport management. And then uh, for me, I, you can either email me off of there. It's just uh, zdamon at ttu.edu or find me on LinkedIn, uh, Zach Damon on LinkedIn. And yeah, happy to connect and, and help out anywhere I can. And if if I can't help, uh, hopefully I can knock on the door of somebody who can and, and put you in contact with them there. More than happy to. Well, thanks again for spending time with us and um, all the best with the uh, 2024 um, you know, school year as uh, we're, we're just getting started right now. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on and uh, really, really love the podcast and everything that you guys are doing. So hopefully uh, this is beneficial and happy to help it in any way I can. Well, hopefully we can get some of your students on to, to share their experiences. We do that quite a bit for our listeners. Um, we appreciate you listening and uh, want to remind you that the Zoom recordings of these podcasts get uploaded to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we do these interviews a couple times a week, uh, so we appreciate when you uh, do uh, tune in and listen. So uh, come back 
just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We will see you next time.